0: Welcome to the Lakers Lowdown. I'm Anthony Irwin. Today on the show, I uh, apologize for not having the show. Yesterday was a little under the weather. Cool part about being a parent is that when your kid gets sick, you just know like you're counting down. Uh, but I am feeling a little bit better today. Uh, certainly a lot better after that first half from the Lakers. Uh, so let's talk about that. Look ahead to what's going on here. And then also, look. I wouldn't be me if I didn't complain a little bit, so so get ready for that. Let's start with the big win. Uh, th- this was certainly one of the bigger games that the Lakers played this season where like knowing going in how big the game was, uh, securing that tiebreaker gives them a big head up in the uh, playoff chase. They stay at pace with the rest of this kind of grouping that they're in. Um, and, and hope to get a little bit of help out there, though the Knicks are, are really not doing the Lakers any favors here. Uh, oh, no, they are. They are now. I am recording this at 10.48 my time, 8.48 Pacific time, and the Knicks are up on the Portland Trailblazers 87-78, uh, so we'll see how that turns out. But, uh, yeah, the, the the Lakers get a huge win, they shoot absolutely lights out in the first half, and then just kind of sleepwalk through the second half, and uh, it made us a little more nervous than I think we wanted to be. But let's start by focusing on the first half, and I, I think this is an important point to make here: the, the the Lakers at their best, I think, have about as strong a punch as anybody in the Western Conference, and that's what we're seeing from them right now without LeBron that that punch gets considerably harder when you get LeBron's weight behind it uh and in that first half look obviously I think the Lakers tied a record for most three-pointers made in a first half that was insane uh Malik Beasley was just everything he was touching You felt like it was going in um and and yeah that's that's Kind of the equation here, it, it allowed Anthony, the shooting allowed Anthony Davis a whole bunch of space on the interior, and the Lakers just kept attacking and attacking and attacking on both sides of the ball. They were really kind of getting after it. Now, again, in the second half, it was kind of the antithesis of, that, of all of those things. But uh, I, I, it's kind of hard for me to hold it against the Lakers. Nah, no, I'm not going to let them completely off. Uh, it was irresponsible. It was it was a bad second half uh, for the Lakers. It sucked that AD had to play fourth quarter minutes. It sucked that it took a uh, D'Angelo Russell uh, deflection to kind of seal this one when you were up by forty at one point in this thing. It was it was a missed opportunity. It was the kind of game that the Lakers should have been able to come out throw a nice, quick uh, haymaker to end it, you know, in the third quarter. And, and, and at the very least, play them neutral so that they enter the fourth quarter, you know, down 30 or so. Uh, but no, the Lakers just kind of let the momentum trickle and trickle and trickle and trickle. And I know that the Lakers are saying that the plan for AD is always to sit the second night of a back-to-back but if he doesn't have to play any fourth quarter minutes, does that change the, the math there? Um, yeah, and, and, and now not having AD, and we're going to talk about this here in a second, not having AD in, in this Houston game, yeah, Houston sucks. But on any given night, Stu likes to say this, an NBA team can beat an NBA team. And if the Lakers go into a game where all they have is Winyan Gabriel in terms of centers, That's the kind of game that you can lose to any NBA team. So again, more on that here in a second. Uh, But that is where the second half that the Lakers played really kind of hurts you. Uh, it, it, It in that you know you don't get that extra rest. The doctors still continue to say that AD shouldn't play, and and here you are, you know, again trying to fight all the way back to 500 basketball and. Uh, you won't have a D. Now, that was always likely going to be the case. Kind of sucks that that is uh, seemingly going to be the case. But still, maybe there'd be a loophole there if you only played like 16 minutes in last night's game, but that wasn't how it played out. On the good side of things, I do think we're starting to kind of figure out some combinations that are going to make sense here. Now, the math is going to change and the rotations are going to change when LeBron gets back but Dennis Schroeder and, and Austin Reeves make a bunch of sense together, I think. Rui Hachimura as the kind of safety valve in that second unit makes a whole bunch of sense. Uh, I think Anthony Davis and Jared Vanderbilt defensively is one of the better defensive front courts in the NBA. Uh, you have D'Angelo Russell and, and Anthony Davis's chemistry is really cool to watch um D'Angelo Russell just in general with that starting unit knowing when to push knowing when to pull up and transition all of those things he's been he's been pressing all the right buttons and it certainly helps that he's kind of the human torch right now from from deep but you're starting to see like this is this is a rotation that I actually think you can plug LeBron right back into uh if and when he gets healthy more on that here in a second uh, but, but you know, there, there are the makings of a rotation here. There are the makings of a system that really, you know, again, I think the Lakers are going to make the playoffs. And I think there's still a very good chance that they are able to avoid the play-in. But I don't know. Like, I know this is cliche, and I know most people kind of roll their eyes when— Analysts say you know the one team that nobody wants to face is one with LeBron James and Anthony Davis in the playoffs, and like yeah, I think last year nobody actually felt that way because they had like with Russ there the the, the fit was clunky, and uh, with him making as much as he did, it wasn't a very deep team. So I don't, I legitimately don't think any teams in the NBA were actually nervous to see the Lakers in the playoff series last year. This year, however man i i'm going to start kind of asking around and and seeing how various teams maybe feel at the idea of this version of the lakers and and yeah I, again i i totally get it how annoying you know it is uh, you know just to hear the same kind of narrative uh <laughs> spoken on repeat i get it but in this case i think it makes quite a bit of sense that first half from the Lakers. And yeah, it's a Pelicans team that is playing without Zion Williamson. It was Brandon Ingram's first game back after kind of a lengthy absence. It's a Pelicans team that has basically been pretty depressing throughout the entirety of, of the season since basically when Zion went down. Uh, yeah, that, that, that team was probably going to fold in that first half as soon as the Lakers showed any aggression kind of whatsoever. But we also saw in the second half what it looks like. I think that yeah, the, the the Pelicans were playing without Alvarado too, and he's a big part of that team's energy. But still, even in those circumstances, the Pelicans did play really well in the second half. They they are still like Stu likes to say a an NBA team. Uh, this is this is still a dangerous team if you give them an out. And in that first half, the Lakers just didn't give them any outs. And yeah, it's easy to say that, you know, when the Lakers shoot that well from three-point range, you just say like, "Well, you know, sometimes you're just that hot." Uh, and 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 I, but still, it didn't feel like anything that the Lakers were shooting was was outlandish. There weren't any hilarious, you know, <laughs> Jared Vanderbilt turn turn around fade away, fade away three-pointers from 35 feet that were going (laughs) that were hitting nothing but the bottom that that wasn't the case a lot of the Lakers shots were in rhythm the kinds of shots that they were getting against New York but were just missing and yeah make or miss league is kind of this annoying uh, cliche and it's annoying because of how true it is but when you create that many open shots and it also leads to easier buckets for your best player that is the sustainable bottle for 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 what a an, a modern offense should look like. And that's what we saw there from the Lakers. So when I say I don't think anybody wants to see this Lakers team in a playoff series, I do kind of sort of legitimately mean it. This is a, a dangerous team. And uh, that first half really kind of highlights that. The reason people kind of roll their eyes at that analysis, though, is because we just never know when LeBron is going to be healthy. We never really know when AD is going to be available. Uh, No, there are not back-to-backs in the playoffs, but the fact that the Lakers are sitting him in the middle of this historically close playoff chase doesn't feel great. (laughs) I would certainly prefer to not have to worry about this at all. Certainly, when and I would would love to worry about it uh, not at all, seeing as they only have Wayne and Gabriel is as, as a center next, uh, or for, for tonight's game. But this is just kind of the reality of the situation. So, uh, yeah, Ad is not going to be playing in tonight's game against Houston. Darvin ham came out and said that that was a doctor's plan, uh, to which I would say, all right, you know, you knew going in, like this is now the second time with this back to back. That is apparently a planned thing with the, the Lakers team doctors. Um, this is this is the second time that you know that it's a planned deal and still kind of handle it incorrectly. The first time the Lakers played him in the first night of the back-to-back against Memphis and then had to beat OKC in a huge game without AD. Um, they played that game against Memphis. They probably lose that even with – they did lose that one even with – uh, AD so benching him in that first one made more sense because you were probably going to lose that one anyway and and then you wind up beating OKC you know in in obviously a one of the bigger games of the season but you made it a lot more nerve-wracking than it had to be and then in this case uh you know that AD isn't going to be available for second halves of back-to-backs uh, one that wasn't what you said heading into the stretch two uh if you know that is going to be the case, then you can't have Wenyan Gabriel as your only center. He, He's like he's fine as like a change of speed type of center that you bring in uh, to spell AD on occasion. Uh, but once Mo Bamba went down and you knew you weren't going to have him for upwards of a month, then you have 10-day contracts available. Go out and get somebody so that for tonight's game, you don't only have Wenyan Gabriel, who... For all we know, might have just picked up another foul. (laughs) So, I, I, again, I, and, you know, uh, when I've spoken to Aaron about it on his uh, all access Lakers show, he kind of said without saying that, you know, maybe it doesn't make much financial sense to sign somebody to a contract knowing that they aren't going to play much. Um, That's fair, but you're talking about, a prorated minimum on a 10-day contract and the taxes that come along with it, uh, and and given how close this playoff race is, it is just kind of another example to me of Pennywise Dollar Dumb, right? Where where in a, in a playoff chase, if you lose this one to Houston, that means you have to go out and win against one of the teams that you may not have otherwise kind of scheduled as a win. Uh, so, yeah, I it's, it's kind of a bummer here that, like, luxury taxes might have cost them this decision or this roster spot in this spot, in this circumstance, and, you know, if you don't make the playoffs because you wind up being one game short of this and you look back at that Houston loss where all you had was winning Gabriel, that's where you say, like, well, at least we saved our luxury tax dollars, but... Lost out on the playoff revenue that you would have had if you made it to a play-in game or if you made it into a playoff series. It just all of it seems like an an unforced error that it's not as egregious, obviously, as the Alex Caruso decision, but echoes some of the same kind of tendencies. All right, uh, last bit of news here is that LeBron apparently was getting shots up before last night's game. Uh, that and then after that, he sent out a uh, post on Instagram of him in a back the tank uh, getting ready to go. So you know, the signs are pointing towards him starting to feel better. Shams karania said that or reported that the Lakers still don't think they're gonna be having LeBron back anytime soon, but that LeBron's foot is feeling considerably better. Uh, so that that in, in and of itself is is the good news. Obviously, you would love for some kind of miracle here, but look, LeBron avoiding surgery, LeBron being available at least for a stretch run here, and then maybe into the playoffs, is kind of what we were hoping for all along. Uh, he is about a week and some change away from being reevaluated, uh, and and I guess we'll kind of wait for the news then, but at least as of right now without some kind of setback and you never really know what that might be. I'm just going to knock on wood in the meantime, just to be safe. But, uh, as of right now, things are kind of going in the right direction. And that's, that's great news. Other great news. Uh, I am going on vacation. <laughs> that, that is the, the, the news. I get a break from my children, but, um, so the plan here is and and i am working right now uh to officially get the ip from vox like i said last show we do have an agreement in place tentatively uh for where the show is going to be going next i am working on some stuff on the peripheries to go with that information or with those announcements um and it looks like we are on pace or on schedule to have all of these things in motion over the course of these next few days and hopefully hit the ground running as soon as next week. So fingers crossed that that is actually gonna be how this plays out. Um, but again, thank you a ton for sticking with me and sticking with this feed the way that y'all have. I can't wait to reintroduce some of the traditional shows where you know we bring on a guest and it's not just me kind of rambling to you. Um, th- those are significantly better shows. I hate the sound of my voice. I can't imagine you guys like it that much more. Um, so we are going to go. hopefully have all of that set up here in the next week or so. So until then, um, and in- for the rest of the week, uh, I am Anthony Irwin saying have a good one.